they were reduced to 10 but managed to get the first goal of the game, then they were reduced to 9, yet held on for another 50 minutes before losing on penalties. And while the loss to Morocco meant the celebrations for the 10th African Women's Championship are on hold, not many faulted the Falcons for the display against the hosts in Rabat as they missed the chance to play in another Wafkin final. But in the midst of the, deserved, pity party for the Super Falcons, there are some things we should keep in mind. There never used to be any doubt as to which country houses the most powerful women's soccer team in Africa. And while some may contest the point, and insist that any argument as to the supremacy of the Nigerian Super Falcons is futile still, a couple of points are worth noting. The first is that while in the past any boast about the supremacy of the Falcons is loud, and accompanied by effusive chest beating, the boast these days is delivered in a whisper with no braggadocio, and no chest thumping involved. The other point is, while the Falcons continue to win on the continent, the deluge of goals that they used to deliver has dried up, like the boasts. Most victories are now scrappy, dour, one-goal affairs that usually had fans watching with their hearts in their mouths during the game, and both analysts and fans engaging in exhaustive, lamentative analysis after the game. The fact is, the Falcons are no longer guaranteed places at global tournaments. While it is true that the Falcons will be at next FIFA Women's World Cup in Australia, the ninth consecutive one they will attend, the most by any country in Africa, and one of the best attendance records in the world, the tension before the game against Cameroon, victory in that game guaranteed qualification, and the effusive celebrations which followed, showed how far the needle had moved, because the story had changed. The proof is in the Olympics. The Falcons qualified for the Olympics for the first time in 2000, and went on to represent the continent in the next two Olympics of 2004 and 2008. Since then nothing. The famed most powerful women's team on the continent has not been to any Olympics since 2008. They were knocked out of contention by Cameroon on the road to the 2012 Olympics, Equatorial Guinea were the blockers for the 2016 event, and Ivory Coast were the destroyers of the 2020 Olympics dream. That's three consecutive missed Olympics. How long before the virus of these missed tournaments spread to our birthright, the FIFA Women's World Cup? We are thankful there are now more than two places assigned to Africa at the World Cup, the Olympics, which still retains the two places for CAF format, has shown that when the chips are down, maybe the Falcons are not in the African top two anymore. The South African women's team has been on the rise. The question now, is it time to borrow a leaf from other African countries? Yes, you read that right, borrow a leaf from other African countries, that was their first response to the dominance of the Falcons. The early victories of the Falcons was majorly because the Nigeria women were physically stronger than most of their opponents, we simply brushed them aside. They soon sussed this, and built up their strength. This helped many nations and contributed to the reduction of the heavy deficit they usually record against Nigeria. The Falcons wiped Morocco 8-0 when they met at the first tournament in 1998, it was 6-0 in the 2000 edition. Consider the fact that the Falcons scored 28 goals and conceded none on the march to the 1998 title, four years later in 2002 they scored just 15 and conceded two, and lost a game to Ghana in the group stages. Other African teams added grit to their game but the Falcons still had the joker of extravagantly talented players, Florence Omagbemi, Mercy Akid, Perpetuan Quoka and Chijin and many odors that came through after these ones left the scene. Fon Van Ekpo Vera Okolo, Cynthia Uwak. Then the likes of Ghana, South Africa and Cameroon started discovering and grooming their own version of talented stars, Veronica Fua was a phenomenon, Mavis Diang Michonne for Ghana, and Equatorial Guinea jumped the queue with their band of Nigerian and Brazilian imports, and it became clear that African football had advanced. But the Falcons remained largely still invincible even though they were now facing stiffer challenges. So the other, 
smart, countries started a methodical scouting and developmental program. We can see the results from South Africa, Mali, Ghana, Morocco, Zambia, Tunisia even Botswana. Now it is clear that all the advantages Nigeria and the Falcons have, are disappearing. It is time to reverse the trend. Zambia are also a rising power in women's football. The point is that the days of our much-vaunted boast that we set records and break them on the African continent is almost over. As good as it feels, that ceiling is way too low, and it is crumbling down on us anyway. And it only by aiming higher, that we can not only reassert our dominance over the continent, but also take our place at the world stage, where the boast of having a record as good as that of the Americans is now embarrassing given what other nations are achieving at that level. How can we achieve this? First let's be clear, there are no shortcuts. We have seen how taking the easy path of loading the Super Eagles with foreign harvested talents has derailed the train that looks set to take off between 1994 and 1998. That team has missed qualifications for the Nations Cup, and is now largely considered an outsider to win the tournament. The FIFA World Cup that used to be the comforter is no longer the birthright we once claimed it to be. If we don't think those are signs enough, there is nothing more to add really. We will need to rebuild our sporting structures from the ground up. We must be ready to tell ourselves the truth, criticize constructively. The media must do its work and without unnecessary aggression or praise singing. We gave Africa the blueprint of women's football, it is now time for us to learn from what they have done, to drastically close the gap in the past decade. And it starts with a clear policy and a willingness to see it through.